It's Saturday, February the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the blame for Jamal Khashoggi's murder and the UN on climate change. First, the week in brief. A long-withheld American intelligence report was released. It accused Mohammed bin Salman, Saudi Arabia's crown prince, of approving the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, a dissident journalist. Mr Khashoggi was murdered and dismembered inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in 2018. Prince Mohammed has maintained his innocence. And whereas the Biden administration introduced some sanctions against lesser officials, there is to be no penalty applied directly to the crown prince himself. Myanmar's envoy to the United Nations surprised its members by urging them to use any means necessary to thwart the military coup in his country. The ambassador claimed to be representing the legitimate government of Myanmar, meaning the elected one headed by Aung San Suu Kyi. Her party said she was recently moved from house arrest to an unknown location. Armed raiders in northwestern Nigeria kidnapped more than 300 schoolgirls in the third mass abduction of children there in as many months. No group has yet claimed responsibility. Last week, 42 people, including 27 children, were abducted from a school in a neighboring Nigerian state. They have not yet been released. Huawei began legal proceedings against HSBC in Hong Kong. The Chinese telecoms giant wants the British bank to hand over documents it claims are crucial to Huawei's efforts to prevent the extradition of Meng Wanzhou, its chief financial officer, from Canada to America to face fraud charges. The last stage of Ms Meng's extradition hearing is expected to begin on Monday. The American government withdrew a contentious part of its proposal for a global digital tax, paving the way for laws ensuring online businesses are taxed wherever they trade. Ex-President Donald Trump had insisted on a safe harbor condition, which would have let American companies opt out. Janet Yellen, the new Treasury Secretary, said the Biden administration has dropped that idea. American consumer spending increased by 2.4% in January, boosted by stimulus checks worth $600 sent to those earning less than $75,000. Personal income went up by 10%. Spending might get another jolt if Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package, which includes a further $1,400 payment, passes Congress. A vote is due in the House of Representatives soon. And a UN report analysed the climate change plans of 75 countries, representing about 40% of the signatories of the Paris Climate Agreement and 30% of annual greenhouse gas emissions. It estimated that by 2030 they will have reduced emissions from 2010 levels by only 1%, preventing a 2 degree Celsius rise in global temperatures by 2100, the agreement's relatively modest goal, would require a 25% reduction. And now, here's today's agenda. Gastronomic delights, the truffle hunters. Hard to grow and having only a short harvest period, the elusive Alba truffle fetches around $7,500 per kilogram. At those prices, the Italian pensioners who gather them would be fools to trust that famed truffle hunter, the pig. Not only is using pigs now illegal, because they disrupt the ecosystem and endanger truffle reproduction, but they also tend to hog their discoveries. 
Instead, dogs lead the Anziani through the Piedmontese forests in search of white gold, as a new documentary shows. The fungus has long been a fabled delicacy. Juvenal, the great Roman satirist, speculated that truffles were created when Jupiter flung a thunderbolt towards an oak tree. Lord Byron, a poet, was said to keep one on his desk, finding the aroma stimulating. Yet despite high demand for tartufi, the truffle hunters records a vanishing way of life. Deforestation and climate change is affecting supply, while the ancient ways are dying off with the hunters. Not-so-golden awards season Hollywood's relationship with the Golden Globes is vexed. Winning a swath of statuettes at the first major event in awards season is a predictor of success at the Oscars, meaning pundits pay close attention. Yet many in the industry dislike the fact that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, an opaquely chosen group of journalists, pick the winners. Gary Oldman, an actor, once described the event as meaningless on the grounds that it is 90 nobodies having a wank. The 78th edition, which takes place tomorrow night, has attracted controversy. Recent reports by the Los Angeles Times have questioned the appropriateness of the ways the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, a non-profit organization, remunerates its members, highlighted their historic reputation for being easy to sway, and revealed that no HFPA members are black. The association claims its members are fairly compensated, that it enforces strict policies on gift-giving, and is committed to addressing diversity. Such denials are unlikely to quieten calls for reform. Bold out, nanoparticles fight dementia. Alzheimer's disease is a huge challenge for medical science, but the things suspected to be its primary cause are minuscule, misshapen proteins called amyloid plaques that sabotage brain function. Not only do these so-called plaques promote neurodegenerative disorders, they are also implicated in heart disease and cancer. One pioneering approach to battling these blights is to target them with drugs via tiny vectors called nanoparticles. And researchers may have happened upon a possible advancement to the technique described at the 65th annual meeting of the Biophysical Society this week. As scientists probed plaque-ridden cells with special bowl-shaped nanoparticles designed to deliver drugs, they noticed that the plaques naturally glommed onto them, even when the nanoparticles were empty, allowing the plaques to be extracted. This has two applications. First, it makes the normally elusive plaques available for study and diagnosis, and second, removing plaque is therapeutic, meaning nanobowls could become a treatment in and of themselves. A Novel Endeavour, Hillary Clinton's New Book After America is shocked by a string of terrorist attacks, the Secretary of State exposes a plot to exploit an inept federal government and bring the country to its knees. No, that is not today's, nor yesterday's headline, just the plot for Hillary Clinton's upcoming novel. Earlier this week, she announced that she is following her husband Bill into the literary game, co-writing State of Terror with Louise Penny, an author and friend. In the book, due to be published this October, America's former top diplomat will draw on her own experience to enliven a hackneyed subgenre of political thriller. It might also give some insight into her views on the presidency and foreign policy of her erstwhile rival Donald Trump.
Ms. Clinton's protagonist serves in the administration of a political nemesis reminiscent of the man against whom she fought the 2016 election. A long-time fan of thrillers, Ms. Clinton found solace in them after her loss five years ago. Aussie Rules Hosting the Olympics It appears that Australia will host the Olympics for a third time. This week, the International Olympic Committee announced that the city of Brisbane was its preferred partner to host the Summer Games in 2032. The IOC dispensed with the high drama of its previous bidding process, which involves tense rounds of voting, in favour of a new approach that selects a front-runner earlier and allows the favoured city to work together with the IOC on its pitch. The organisation's president, Thomas Bach, said the old system created too many losers. In truth, the IOC itself risked losing out. The number of cities bidding has been in decline for decades, with governments and residents increasingly bothered by the huge cost of hosting the event. The new process is less transparent, but saves the IOC the embarrassment of cities withdrawing their bids amid public pressure. A confirmation vote by the IOC is due in the next year. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Elizabeth Taylor, who was born on this day in 1932. The problem with people who have no vices is that generally you can be pretty sure they're going to have some pretty annoying virtues. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.